Good morning. I'm Earl Stewart. I welcome you to Earl Stewart on Cars, a live talk show all about how to buy, lease, maintain, or repair your car without being ripped off by a car dealer. With me in the studio is Nancy Stewart, my wife, co-host, and a strong consumer advocate, especially for our female listeners. We also have Rick Kearney, an expert on how to keep your car running right. I dare you to ask a question that Rick can't answer about the mechanics or electronics of your car. Also with us is my son, Stu Stewart, our link to cyber space through Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Periscope. Stu is also the Spymaster Director of our Mystery Shopping Report. He dispatches our secret shopper weekly to an unsuspecting South Florida dealership. And now, on with the show. Good morning, everybody. We're back. We have a substitute this morning. Josh Stewart is substituting for Stu Stewart, um, and uh, he's a frequent replacement for Stu when he's getting a little R&R, taking some time off which is well-deserved. And uh, if you're new to the show, you heard the uh, recorded introduction. Uh, we're an unusual show. I mean, uh, you might not like us, but try us out if you're new. Uh, I promise you, you won't find anything like us on the air. Uh, we're we're kind of we're like the old 60-minute style expose. Remember Mike Wallace back in the day? I mean, he really used to stir the things up come in undercover to a company, and that's kind of what we do. We have a mystery shopping report. Uh, we do this every week. It's a highlight of our show. We go into a car dealership somewhere in the USA. We're used to be mainly South Florida. We hit pretty much all over Florida now and, and venturing out of state, Tennessee, Pennsylvania. We've been around quite a bit, and uh, we plan to continue reaching out, going into car dealerships, pretending to buy or lease a car, and just telling you what happened. I mean, we go through the whole thing. We don't we don't tell them until we're back on the radio show that uh, we shop them, and uh, we name names. We name dealerships. Really exciting. I promise you, there's nothing like this on the air anywhere. And we when I say on the air, not just radio. Uh, a lot of this is YouTube. It's Facebook. It's Twitter. We have a, a man. Rick Kearney, who is also our technical guy, he is the one that you call uh, if you have any problems with your car, any questions about the electronics, computerization, uh, whatever you want to call it, about your car today, Rick can answer it. He also monitors our YouTube channel, and that's just uh, youtube.com forward slash Earl on Cars, youtube.com forward slash Earl on Cars. Josh Stewart, who, as I said earlier, is sitting in for my other son, Stu, uh, he's monitoring our Facebook channel, and the Facebook channel is um, facebook.com forward slash Earl on Cars. So uh, however you want to watch us, hear us, stream us, uh, you can do that. Uh, we love to have your input. That's the key. And uh, all of us are, all of us sitting in the studio, the four of us, we have uh, a tendency to pontificate sometimes. We get a little carried away. I'm probably the worst. Uh, we love to talk about cars. We love to talk about car dealers, and and we have fun. We're probably having more fun than you are. So you have to <laughs> you have to keep us professional. The way you do that is to call, because your calls that's the essence, it's the lifeblood of the show. What's on your mind? Your questions? Your your uh, things that are irritating you about car dealers, or maybe things that you like about car dealers? I, I don't stress often enough. There's some good dealers out there. And if you have a, a dealer that you've had a pleasant experience with, call us, tell us about it, and we'll plug that dealer. We'll say, buy your next 
fill in the blank from this dealer. And uh, uh, if you'd like to help a dealer because he was nice to you, treated you well, was fair, honest, and totally transparent, call us, give us his name. If you have the reverse problem, you know, we'll, we'll do that too. We've already got the mystery shopping report, but uh, we'll do that too. Uh, uh, comments, recommendations, constructive criticism. Your calls are very important. Now, uh, if you can safely write those numbers down, if you're not driving, uh, write it down. You probably don't want to have a question right this second, but you will. Uh, the call-in number is 877-960-9960. 877-960-9960. Nancy Stewart, uh, my co-host here, and she's also the co-founder of the show. Uh, She has a laptop, and she watches it very carefully. And we prioritize these types of phone calls. We get to the text after the phone calls. We get to something called anonymous feedback. I'll explain in a minute after the phone calls. But we we love the sound of a human voice. It just, ah, you know... It you you can you can feel the sincerity or lack of it I guess uh, we have so many good callers we like new callers by the way Nancy Stewart uh, has a special offer she's our female advocate of the show and uh, as you all know females have a different look on life than men I mean that's what makes uh, a happy world right if we were all the same it'd really be boring women are a little bit different than men and they buy differently they think differently. Uh, they have different uh, requirements uh, to make them happy when they when they buy a product, and they represent half the population of the planet. And you companies out there, including car dealers and auto manufacturers, ought to think that's pretty important. Uh, we need to bring you ladies into the fold when it comes to expressing your opinion on the show. And Nancy Stewart has a very special offer, which uh, she'll get to very shortly. And she'll tell you what that is. If you haven't called the show before, she's really got a special deal for you. And it's too good to be true, but it's true. It's really true. No strings attached. Now, other ways to reach the show is text. I'm a text guy. I like text. I got uh, on my voice uh, uh, machine. I mean, when I, if I, my answer machine, when you call me on my phone, I say, uh, if I'm tied up, I say, please text me. You know, texts are less invasive. And you get to a text in five minutes, ten minutes. Sometimes we don't get the text till maybe the end of the show. But our text number, will I promise you we'll read the text. I promise you we'll answer the text. And you don't have to sit around and wait because your time is valuable too. So you can go to our podcast and listen to yourself or listen to your text being answered. Um, however you want to try. It's far more passive. The text number, if you've got a pencil, only write it down if you're in a safe position to do so. Text number is 772-497-6530. Again, that text number is 772-497-6530. And, of course, going back to the main number, 877-960-9960. Did I say we prioritize phone calls? We do. We've got about five lines, and they're open now. And if you call, we'll get right to you. Uh, even if we're doing something else, we stop what we're doing and we answer the phone call, 877-960-9960. I know you're getting dizzy, but i got to give you one more. This is my favorite, anonymousfeedback.com. I don't know why I like it so much. Uh, we get a lot of response there. You are totally anonymous with this. We don't know who you are, where you are. 
We can't come and get you. We don't know where you live. We can't find you. Say anything you want. You can be abusive, profane, vulgar. Now, we censor it a little bit. I mean, we don't, we don't use the four-letter words. And we don't get a lot of them, to be honest with you. I'm, I'm, this is tongue-in-cheek. Honestly, we get very few attacks. It, it worries me a little bit that we don't get more attacks because I wonder if some of you think maybe they really can track, trace these down. I think, I think you know, privacy is such an issue with people. But I promise you, have my word of honor, we don't know who you are or where you are. You're anonymousfeedback.com. It's a URL. It's an address on the web. You go to that web address, Y-O-U-R-A-N-O-N-Y-M-O-U-S, feedback.com. You're anonymousfeedback.com. Put anything you want to say. Josh will read it on the show, and we will answer it honestly. I mean, we're very... We're very transparent. We're very honest. We really, really get to the crux of things. And you're going to enjoy the show. Um, 15 minutes, 20 minutes, we're not asking you to stick around for two hours. We're on from 8 to 10 Eastern Standard Time. So, with that said, let me introduce Nancy Stewart, my co-host, and the female advocate. And she'll tell you about that super-duper offer to you first-time lady callers. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. And welcome another exciting show this morning. So stay tuned and stay with us the next two hours. And uh, ladies, uh, I have a special message for you. Um, I recently uh, learned that some of you are hesitant to give me your contact information. I know that this seems like as if that it would be too good to be true to win $50, and I extend that invitation to two new lady callers every Saturday morning. But your information uh, that you have to share with me so I can get you that check, it's it's really necessary, and I want to let you know I don't share that information with anyone. It's very private, and therefore it's very important because that's the only way you can get your check for $50. So um, share your superpowers with us this morning, ladies. I know we have them, don't we? We wear many hats. One of them could be going into a dealership and purchasing a vehicle or maybe having service. So share your story, whether it's good, bad, or ugly. $50 for the first two new lady callers. 877-960-9960, or you can text us for the others, um, 877-960, I'm sorry, you can call us at 877-960-9960, and you can text us at 772-497-6530. That uh, telephone, that text number escaped me there for a second. Um, it's real important uh, that you take advantage of the $50 for the first two new lady callers. It's the only way we can build the platform here and uh, sort of form a, a cult, so to speak. So take advantage of that this morning. And as Earl said, how important it is to take advantage of youranonymousfeedback.com. Now back to the recovering car dealer. Yeah, probably uh, equally important, maybe more important than anything else we do on the show, is help you with your repair and maintenance. And uh, I, during this whole COVID thing, uh, 
I find personally, Nancy and I, we, I think the whole world has gone into a bit of a cocoon. We changed our uh, MO, uh, the way we move around, where we go, how we do it. And we cut back on some things that we shouldn't do. I cut back on the dentist. I ended up in the chair for three appointments to catch up because I didn't go to the dentist and have my teeth cleaned in about three years. So uh, that ain't a good thing. Uh, some people aren't taking care of their uh, cars the way they should. And some people are still a little bit hesitant. You may be one of them. You just don't feel like, I don't know. I mean, depending on what part of the country you're in, you know, the COVID could be uh, mild, medium, or high. But it's still something you think about. You think about the, the monkey pox. I mean, I hate to turn the TV on, right? You hate to look at the news, read the news. But if you have a problem with your car, Rick Kearney, he's sitting to my right here in the studio. This is a freebie, folks. And let me tell you something. Uh, he could save you thousands of dollars. Um, he's probably the most qualified auto technician I've ever dealt with. And I've been around a long time, folks. I've been a car dealer since 1968, and Rick is just about as good as they come. Um, not easy today because back in the day, you know, when I was uh, first starting in the business, you had carburetors and, uh, you know, you, you had everything was pretty fundamental. You opened the hood, you could actually see the parts and identify them and could almost fix the car yourself. Today, there's a monolith if you can figure out how to open the hood. Everything's computerized. And Rick has stayed on top of that. Rick Kearney is in school, uh, I'll exaggerate slightly, as much as he is working on cars. He stays online. He has to be requalified. He's got all the badges, all the certifications, certified master diagnostic technician, ASE certified in everything. And uh, he just stays on top of it. So if you smell something funny in your car, and it's not that McDonald's uh, fried chicken sandwich. <laughs> There's something different in your car. And you don't know what it is. Hey, a smell can be diagnosed. Rick has got a nose like a, a bloodhound. And he, you, if you can describe it to him, uh, you can't do a file and wet. smell yet. <laughs> but if you have a noise, you can, send him a, you can send him an audio file or even a video file. So if there's something that you detect in your car, a noise, a smell, a feel, a rattle, you know, uh, save you a lot of money. Uh, tell you if he can't solve it, well, we'll go to Google too. We'll, we 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 search the planet for the answer, and then if it's all if it's all something we really can't be sure about, we'll we'll tell you to take it to a qualified technician and help you try to find that. So, Rick Kearney, if you have any problems with your car, you're worried about the safety or the drivability, so on and so forth, rather than take it into that service department where you never know what they're going to tell you, uh, you, you just don't trust the diagnosis, Rick Kearney will give you an honest diagnosis. Well, and we can also help to uh, interpret what their diagnosis means and exactly. give you an understanding of what you're looking at if they you know recommend a repair exactly yeah the the best thing to do when you go into if you have to go into a service department is describe as we ask you to do to rick the symptoms uh, when you go into your doctor you say well i'm having rapid heartbeat i have a pain in my foot uh you know i have a pain there i have a, a dizziness all the you describe the symptoms let the doctor, you know, just, just decide what you have. So you describe the symptoms. Rick will give you a di diagnosis. And then, rather than have to go through the description of the symptoms all over again, so I, said, I talked to a friend of mine who is an expert technician, and he said that he'd like you to check this out for me. And Rick will give you that information just by describing the symptoms.
So uh, a lot of you know Josh Stewart. Um, he's my youngest son. I have three sons. I'm by in full disclosure transparency. We are Toyota dealers, and we've been Toyota dealers since 1975. Uh, it's uh, it's uh, not a conflict of interest. We do not try to sell you Toyotas on this show. We don't try to t- uh, talk about our dealership on the show. That's a, that's an advantage because being insiders, we are car dealers, and we go after car dealers. I mean, we're you know we're the nemesis, we're the pariah of car dealers, but we are one, and so it helps us. You know, we know what we're talking about. So Josh is in the trenches every day. In fact, he's really working now because his two brothers are vacationing, and Josh is. Uh, He's killing himself, frankly, being in the dealership, and I'm especially grateful that he took a little bit of his Saturday morning to come in and help us on the show. But Josh Stewart's hands-on. He's now in charge of the—he's always been a part of the Mystery Shopping Report because he works with our Mystery Shopper closely, as does, too. So, uh, uh, Josh, you got any— Comments about the mystery shop, not a specific report, but just the mystery shops in general. Oh, <clears throat> all I can say is the uh, we're lucky to have the world's greatest mystery shopper in Agent Lightning. Yeah, and, wow. uh, I think the folks will be really, uh, really in- entertained by this week's shop. Yeah, it's it's not easy, and we we know that. We've had a few really expert mm-hmm. mystery shoppers over the years. This one is as good or better than any we've had. Uh, m- more importantly, she's female, and and uh, we. It's hard to find female mystery shoppers. Uh, you have to have a very, a very uh, lot of self confidence. Mm-hmm. You have to be got to be you got to be quick witted. Uh, you've got to be uh, observant, mm-hmm. and she's got all of that. And uh, she doesn't miss a thing. No, she does. And when when I read the reports of what she does, uh, you can see how it's. It's, you can't have a script and go in a mystery shop. You just go in there with an outline, and you've got to move fast. Because every time she goes in, there's a surprise. Something's different, and she's fast on her feet. She's faster on the feet. What's the old saying? Uh, everyone has a plan until they get hit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, she is definitely quick on her feet. Exactly. Yeah. And so, uh, and she, uh, she hasn't even been close. I don't think to being busted. I don't. I don't think. Knock on wood. Knock on wood, yeah. <laughs> uh, so anyway, there we are. Mystery shopping board. I have to add my comment about the mystery shopper. Let me tell you, the first time she knocked on our door and we met eye to eye, you could see it. You could just see it in her that yeah. she was meant. She had a calling. Exactly. And the mystery shop was her baby. That's right. And she was going to do very well at it. Mm-hmm. So kudos to you, mystery shopper. Whoever you are. <laughs> I'll, t- I'll tell you how good she is, is that, uh, as Josh knows this, but I used her recently just to shop uh, our own dealership. I didn't tell anybody. I didn't tell Josh. I didn't tell anybody. And I just had our mystery shopper go in because, hey, listen, all you car dealers out there that get so mad at us for doing the mystery shops, let me tell you something. You want to improve your operation? Mystery shop yourself. You think you know what's going on in your dealership? You don't. You know what people tell you. And you're the boss, and people tell you what you want to hear. So how, how accurate do you think the sum total of the comments you get? You walk into the uh, service department, and you say to the service manager, how's everything going, Charlie? He says, Mr. Jones, everything's just fine. A-OK. A-OK, Mr. Jones. <laughs> 
And, but let me tell you something. You send a mystery shopper into that service department, and you'll find out you know, it might not be terrible, but life is an A-OK in any business. And, Sometimes uh, the truth hurts a little bit. It does. And the truth is what helps you get better because you have to be humble, accept the fact that you're not perfect, and the human beings working for you are not perfect, and you fine-tune it. So you car dealers out there, mystery shop yourselves. Don't wait for me to do it. I know I embarrass you on the air sometimes. And Oh, speaking of that, let me... Uh, it, it, stop me from yakking if we have a call. I mean, you're watching, I definitely watching will. the screen there. Um, <laughs> she loves to stop some uh, I mean, people I could, from yakking. I, I could do six hours. I mean, I just, you got to stop me. You have a gift. But uh, we mystery shopped uh, off lease only uh, two or three weeks ago. Yeah. And uh, Well, last week, I think. Uh, last, oh, was it last week? Anyway, no, it was the week before last week. So anyway, <laughs> the founder of Off Lease Only, um, is, uh, his name is Mark, and we've become buddies, uh, Mark Fisher. Uh, he and his wife founded it years ago, and it grew into a very large operation. So we missed each other a week before last. And I, I uh, texted Mark, I said, um, tune into the show today, we're going to mystery shop your, 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 your story. He still owns 20%. He sold it to a, a big group who've, who, who've expanded it. So he's still an owner, but he's not active in it. So it turned out not to be a good report, I'm sad to say. And uh, Mark and I conversed after that, and he said, thank you. He <coughs> says, you're right. He says, if I was running it, we, this would not have happened. And, but I forwarded the mystery shopping report to the powers that be, the new power for off-lease only. So it's hard when you're in there doing it yourself to be admitted. But when you're now you're an absentee owner, but he still has a financial interest, and he is a good car guy, and he would not have allowed some of the things that happened at off-lease only week before that, for that to happen. So again... Mystery Shopping Report, it'll be in the last half hour of the show. It'll be sometime between 9.30 and 10 uh, Eastern Standard Time. So even if you can't listen to the rest of the show, please uh, uh, tune in between 9.30 and 10. Uh, text, do we have any text in? Well, we have Anne Marie's good morning text. Good, let's do that. The, the day wouldn't feel complete without, without this text. So. Here it goes. Good morning. I know there are, uh, are things that should be done if your car will be sitting for six months, a year, or longer. But what about a shorter period? One, people are traveling again. If you're going on a long vacation, like an extended cruise or a grand European tour, <laughs> and your vehicle will be sitting for three or four weeks, does it uh, matter if you have a full tank, a quarter tank? Um, number two, are there any impacts to electric cars, regardless of whether they are fully charged or not, if they sit idle for three or four weeks? Just wondering, thanks. Signed. Dreaming of a long trip if I win the Mega Millions jackpot. <laughs> anybody win it? I, I think it was yes. up in the air still. Or yes. Up, <coughs> up, in, uh, in? up on Ohio, northeast. Oh, Ohio. Well, congratulations yeah. to someone very lucky. Yeah. So uh, Rick can handle this about the car sitting for six months or just a few weeks? Uh, for just a few weeks, the only thing I really would recommend, and especially here in South Florida where we have a large, large population of retired folks who don't drive their cars very much, or if they do, it's only very small amounts. Mm -hmm. um, a battery tender is very important. Is that the same if thing you, as a trickle charger? It's a trickle charger, basically. Um, if you have a garage, it makes it much easier. You simply have a couple wires connected to your battery, kind of pop out from under the hood right up near the windshield, 
And when you put your car in the garage, you just plug this in and it keeps a small charge going into the battery to help maintain your battery and keep it at a, at a good charge rate. Uh, if you don't have access to electricity, but your car is parked outside, even under a carport, solar chargers. Oh. You can actually get one that will sit on the dash or in the back window, and it will just collect sunlight to help keep that battery charged up. They can actually, they, they don't do a great job, but they do pretty doggone well, and it will actually help keep that battery charged so you're in a lot, much better condition for that. And batteries are getting expensive right now, especially with the issues we've seen with commerce and trade, mm -hmm. and sometimes even going on back order for a long time, certain models Rick, of batteries. How much does a trickle charger or a solar-powered trickle charger cost? I'd have to look one up, but right now, I've seen them as around $25, $30. Man, you, you can actually put it inside the car in the rear window? Yep, as long as it's facing to where the solar panel is to the outside. Yeah. And solar panel technology has come quite a ways. As but a then you got to run the uh, wire all the way up to the battery. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Well. But like the the article you sent me a couple of weeks ago about the uh, solar powered electric car. Yeah. And granted, I think that one's a little ahead of its time right now, but it's a technology that it'll, it'll needs happen. to grow. It'll happen. Another so, question is, uh, maybe it doesn't apply today, but one time the keyless remotes, uh, if you didn't turn off the feature that seeks that looks for your keyless remote, it would uh, slightly drain your battery. Yeah, unfortunately, most cars now don't have a turnoff for that. Oh. They, when they first came out, they did, but that was because the systems weren't as sophisticated as they are now. And they've reached the point now where the computers understand if it doesn't see that key within a 24-hour period, it will shut itself into a sleep mode. Oh. And at that point, when you come up to your car, if it's been a couple weeks, you may not be able to use that instant touch feature. You may have to actually pull the remote out and hit the unlock, and then it will unlock your car and let you have Another full access. Another quick question I had. Turn everything back on. Um, and maybe this doesn't apply to two or three weeks, but if you're going to leave your car for a, a while, <clears throat> should you put should you inflate your tires more? I hear people talking about square off on the tires. Do they sit? Yeah, uh, flat spots on the tire. Actually, the best way... And I know this sounds a little extreme, but the best way to prevent that if you're going to leave your car sit for any good length of time is actually to jack the car up off the ground if yeah, you that can. Would, that would definitely be the best way. But, but, but how, what, what would happen if you inflated it up to the tire manufacturer's recommended limit? It really wouldn't make that big a difference. Oh. Hey, yeah, Rick, I, I had a neighbor who uh, had four squares of carpet when they would go up north. <laughs> It looked like yeah. You know, it didn't look that great, but does that actually prevent the uh, the squaring off? I don't think it would help any much at all. I mean, <laughs> that little shack, bad of like cushioning, yeah, even that I don't <laughs> think it would help very much. All right. Uh, the best thing you can do in in case like that is you just kind of have to live with it for about the first hour or two. Just take the car out for a nice drive, and once those tires have had some time spinning, they build up a little heat in the tires, and they will actually tend to straighten back out again. Okay, thank you, Rick. Um, do we have any more text over there, Josh? Uh, yeah, we do. Okay. Would you like it. me to go to it? All right. This is a, this actually came in shortly after last week's show, and it's again for Rick. Oh, I can't. I'm going to interrupt you just to give the number out because this is a long time without a phone call. 877-960-9960. We prioritize your call. So if you're worried about that, our lines are completely open now. 877 
960-9960. You will not have to wait. We will get to your call. We stop what we're doing. 877-960-9960. Okay. All right. Again, for Rick, this says, uh, Rick, um, you told us last week that the battery warranty for electric Toyotas are 10 years and 150,000 miles. If at the end of nine years, the entire battery system dies and is replaced by Toyota, do they replace it for free or do they prorate it? Free. So this, it's not like a, the warranty on a regular no. battery. Yeah. As a matter of fact, uh, there, there is no proration at all mm-hmm. on a hybrid battery. Once that warranty period has ended, it's ended. Now, there is always the chance of a goodwill mm-hmm. if you're, say your battery's like four or 5,000 miles just out of warranty. Uh, you can talk to the service manager and quite often they'll get with a district representative and get what's called goodwill participation. And it may cover the cost of the part itself or maybe even the parts and labor completely. Mm-hmm. I get this question a lot. Um, when someone's approaching the end of the warranty, is there something they can do, like a, a, a checkup to make sure to see if it's uh, the battery's still operating at full capacity? We can hook a scan tool to it and just double check to make sure everything's operational. Only takes uh, 10, 15, 20 minutes at the most. Uh, but there's really not much else you can do with the hybrid batteries. But believe it or not, the quality on that, the amount of batteries that we've been replacing has dropped down quite a bit. They're getting much better quality on them now. Yeah. Great. Yeah, I'll tell you, this, uh, as a side note, we're talking about, I have a question for Rick, too, on that subject. Side note about batteries. Uh, Nancy and I had our, we, we kept our, our iPhones, our Apple iPhones, for a lot longer than normal for all the reasons we talked about earlier. Just didn't feel, feel like uh, ordering another one at the time. So uh, our batteries degraded and we had to have them replaced. So all batteries do, do degrade and, 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 and will have to be replaced. Question for Rick on cars. Uh, my Tesla, I drive a Tesla for a lot of folks that might not know that. Uh, my Tesla tells me not to charge my battery all the way up because repeated charging of the battery all the way up will degrade the battery life. Now, a long time ago, somewhere in my psyche, I thought it was the other way around, that you were supposed to let a battery go all the way down and then recharge it completely to maintain battery life. So, obviously, Apple knows what they're, I mean, uh, uh, Tesla knows what they're talking about. But is that correct, I mean, uh, for, for most batteries? It is now because the batteries have changed from being nickel metal hydride huh. rechargeable batteries. Now most of our rechargeable batteries are a lithium polymer or lithium ion. And because of that, the change in the build of the battery, that technology has changed on the charging features. And it's not recommended to totally fill it or to totally deplete it all the way down. Uh They want to kind of keep it in a state of flux constantly going up and down, say from like 80%, 85% full down to about 25% empty yeah. and then back up again. At first, you know, I was I just loved the idea of going way down to like 20 miles yeah. and boom, yeah. I got a full, uh, you know, full charge. But And then I got a warning on my dashes, don't do that. You so know, you were going down to like 5 or 10%. That's yeah. probably a little too low. Rick well, says 20, 25% yeah, and then you can charge. Yeah. yeah, Tesla recommends that you go down to about what you drive uh, on an average day driving. And when you charge it, don't charge all the way up so you 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 set your charger so it'll only do like 80 percent 
or you know, maybe 75 percent, and then if you do 100 percent, it's not good for the battery. Right. And okay. uh, also, as far as a gas-driven <clears throat> car, Earl, you know, he brings it to my attention all the time. You really shouldn't wait. You really shouldn't. I mean, my alert is on. Fill up your tank, and I just <laughs> I don't I don't fill it up. I go for like a day or so. And I've learned that that too is not real good uh, for the you know for running the car for and running out of gas on I ninety five right <laughs> that's the big one is is the what there's always a chance you might run out so you want to be careful with isn't that isn't that an exciting thought isn't that orange light so pretty I like to stare at <laughs> oh boy it's like that episode of Seinfeld oh, you also push it to the um, limit. as far as the, the gas in the tank um, the residue that accumulates in the bottom of the tank uh, isn't there you know a theory of that cleaning out um, if you leave your gas uh, if you leave it almost empty actually it's not that big an issue anymore because they've designed the tanks now with baffles in them the the surface inside is designed in such a manner that as you're driving that fuel is constantly being mixed so the residue never gets a chance to settle Ah. it's constantly being worked through picked up and run into the filter where it's caught and kept her great so information no 877-960-9960 or you can text us at 772-497-6530 we have got some calls oh, so we are going <laughs> to talk hallelujah uh, let's do it fast hurry <laughs> before they hang up we're going to talk to john in palm city and we're going to ask john in west palm beach to just hang in there for a moment good morning john good morning Hello, Hello, John. You there? Yes, I am. Can you hear me? We hear you loud and clear. Okay, so I got I got a couple comments. About three weeks ago, I called and told you about the guy in uh, Treasure Coast here, um, Shane, that was that was really good when I went to the dealership. But then my wife and I were thinking about buying a Highlander hybrid. Uh-huh. So I called your guys, uh-huh. and they, I hadn't really talked to anybody before, and so she gave me this fellow. And it was totally pleasant. I mean, it was really good. I mean, it's just like you said. I said, so MSRP. He said, yep, that's all we charged. And then we got these other, and he showed me everything. He sent me the whole thing. So he did a great job. So as soon as I can ask this next question, I think when my wife comes back, she flies. I want to get your opinion on this. So we're debating between uh, leasing a car, which you've never done before, and just buying it outright. What's your suggestion on it? If it was a Toyota, if you could do that with a Toyota Highlander Hybrid. Well, I'm going to let Josh answer that question. The the only advantage to leasing is sometimes the 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 manufacturers, leasing companies, have special subsidized leases. Uh, but if if that isn't the case, it's pretty much a wash. Yeah, you're you're right on the money. The uh, like when it's a good lease program, it's it's oftentimes like the best deal. The manufacturers oftentimes spend the most money on those really good lease payments you see advertised. But in today's market, with the inventory shortage, the manufacturers across the board have really pulled back on their lease programs. So um, in the case of the Highlander Hybrid, I don't believe that's the case where it's gonna be a really strong program. So you know, a traditional purchase might be, might be your better option there. 
Now, John, it's uh, the, the, the leases were really kind of created for businesses, and then they became consumer leases. And uh, businesses had a, a real advantage because you can determine if you're having a use a car strictly for business, you can you can deduct the lease payment or a portion of the lease payment. And uh, it's, it was a tax thing. It was an accounting thing. And then it spread to consumerism, and consumers are leasing now. Uh, it's it's almost personal preference. I, my feeling is I, I think you're better off to buy it, uh, even though interest rates have been going up. They're still relatively low compared to historical numbers, and I I'd, I'd buy the car, uh, but it's a six of one half dozen of the other. That's what I'm leaning towards towards uh, yeah. buying a car. And my my buddy said who used to be a big Toyota general manager up in Maryland or somewhere. Yeah. He he said that if you uh, buy a hybrid, it takes you like the difference in the, the cost of that and the just an ordinary one is like about three years, and then you can see yeah. uh, a turnover in what you uh, what you pay. Is John, that right or not? Oh, well, that's right. Yeah, John. Uh, well, one other thing I forgot to mention to you also is one of the reasons I say rule of thumb buy the car is because leasing is a uh, temptation to the dealers uh, for the hanky-panky, for the lack of transparency. Uh, and when you say MSRP, you, are, you, 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 you appreciate our honesty and the fact that our out-the-door price is the MSRP. We don't have anything. Uh, when you go, when you say, okay, okay, MSRP, but now I'll lease it, that opens the, the window for the dealer to increase the profit. Leases typically are much more profitable than purchases in this COVID environment. Now that might not be the case anymore, but but leasing uh, gives it's 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 more difficult for a customer, a buyer, to understand a lease. So there are ways they can manipulate the rate and the capitalized cost, uh, the length of the lease. All these are affecting your actual out-of-pocket total cost. So that's another reason to go with a purchase. Okay, so that's what I'm thinking about. So would you would you get a a hybrid or just a regular? Because a hybrid, the guy told me from your place, he said they get like 36 miles a gallon in the city. And, and I just drive mine around Stewart, basically. I don't drive it anyplace else. But I, hybrids, I think, are the way to go. I, uh, I mean, it, it really, I think it depends on the motivation. If it's a purely dollars and cents thing, if you're not a, like, I mean, gas is expensive, but if you're doing very low miles, you know, obviously it'll take you longer to, to make up for the premium you're right. paying for the hybrid. Um, but there's other reasons people want the hybrids. They like the technology, the, there's really good acceleration, just the, you know, it's good for the environment. So if, if, if some of those reasons um, are in the mix, then yeah, then go for the hybrid. But granted, like you, you mentioned, the, the hybrid is, is much harder to get. The, the production of the hybrids is, is a fraction of what the gas Highlanders are. But there's are. resale value, too. So there, the, the yeah. hybrid would have higher resale value and maybe offset the incre incremental cost. Yeah, if it, in the economic decision, that you got to factor in the resale value for sure. So, um, yeah, so there's you the determine lots of factors. But if, if time is a really important factor for you in this market, you know, then, then the gas Highlander will come, come in a lot more quickly than, than the hybrid. Yeah, that's what the guy said. He said it'd be like maybe seven to nine months before you could get. Yeah, it's and and like you know, Toyota makes probably you know, ten gas Highlanders for every one hybrid. You know, so it, there's a, a pretty big discrepancy between the the production there. Okay, thank you. W one other thing, just real quick, mm -hmm. is I have um, a Porsche Cayenne, 
that I've been driving and, and the check engine light came on. So my buddy down the street, he told me about a guy by the name of, it, it starts with an H, it's a, it's a Hispanic name, it's like Hubert, Hubert, uh, Euro, uh, and Jensen Beach. And I called the guy and asked about it and he said, wait, bring it down, we'll look or whatever. And so I drove it down and when I pulled in the parking lot, I mean, they were busy and stuff too. I pulled in the parking lot and before I could even park my car, the guy came out with his, his little handheld computer thing. He put it in there. He scanned it all. He said, I, he said, I just think it just needs a reset. He said, try that and drive it. And if it doesn't, I, so I, he reset it. And I said, here, I reach, was reaching in my pocket. Give me some money. He said, no, 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 don't, no, don't, don't worry about it. You know, he said, if it, if it doesn't work, come back and see us. Wow. I thought that was so good because every <laughs> other place I've been going, they've just been throwing parts of things and stuff like that. So that guy was, uh, he need, uh, somebody needs a car worked on. Yeah, John, uh, John, can you, kudos. if you can get that exact name for us uh, or spell it, uh, we'd like to give a plug and tell his location. Okay, it's, it's like uh, H-U-M-B-E-R-T, it's Euro, and uh, Jensen Beach, and I'm trying to think of the uh, the address. It's, oh, man, it's, it's on... Um, Oh, I found him. He's on Northeast Pop yeah, Tilton Place. Oh, great. Well, <laughs> yeah, that's, it. that's it. Okay. All right, man. Yeah, so, I mean, I really recommend the guy. He just was totally honest. Thank you. Thank you very that's much, John. Guy show, and I'll probably be doing business with Great him. call. Thank you. That great. gentleman has a five-star Google uh, review on 87 Reviews. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Re- read, read, read it from the Google, and we'll give him a plug now. Yeah, he's Umberto's Euromotor in Jensen Beach, Florida. Yes, sir. That's it, buddy. Very good. Have a great day. Appreciate thank it. you, John. And uh, John from Palm City, give us a call back. Uh, I'm sorry, your your call skipped ahead. Um, I want to let everyone know that the uh, August 2022 uh, edition of the Consumer Report, it has a a great section in it, uh, and they focus on whether your next car will be gas-only, hybrid, or electric and uh, it's definitely worthwhile picking up and and taking a look at it they go they take you through every level of that decision the purchase all of it how, how much driving you do and whether the hybrid uh, in other words whether the hybrid would be conducive to your situation uh, we're going to go to uh, lynn who's giving us a call from stewart hi lynn good morning hi. lynn welcome Good morning. Actually, my name is Liz, but I, I'll answer to anything. <laughs> <laughs> the reason I'm calling, we have a uh, 2019 Runner Limited, and we love it. Um, but I have, I have a question. I understand that they, they get, they're pretty, um, pretty good about not having any servicing needs done. I mean, they're, they're like tanks. But the other night, I was waiting for my daughter to pick her up uh, from work, and I turned the engine off. And I was in a lighted area, so I didn't know whether or not, I mean, I I assumed since my light was automatically an automatic, uh, turn off, turn on, that it would go off. And so I ended up waiting for her for an hour, and I come to find out the... um, the engine, when I, she came out, the, uh, the engine wouldn't start, and I could not believe it. I was just in shock, and it almost sounded like the starter and, or maybe the battery, and then finally, after trying it a couple times and it didn't work, 
my daughter said, oh, mom, by the way, when I came in, the lights were on. So I was looking in the manual, and it doesn't talk about anything like that, and I experimented with it today this in the garage, and um, it's true. When I'm sitting in the car, the lights stay on as long as I'm sitting in the car and the engine is off. Now, if I get out of the car and close the door and stand outside the car, the lights go off. Should I keep, why is that? Is that something I can change? How do I turn it off from doing that? Uh, unfortunately, the way the, the computer is set up on that, they kind of drop the ball a little bit. The automatic headlights will remain on until it sees a door open and then close again. Especially the driver's door is the one that it's looking at. Once it sees that door open and close, then the lights stay on for about 30 seconds to a minute to kind of give you time to, say if you're parked in a dark garage or a dark driveway, it still gives you light to get up to your door, find your keys, get to the door and unlock the door right before the lights will turn off. But if you don't open and close the door, those headlights will remain on. So it's just something you need to be aware of. And if you're gonna stay in the car, turn the, you know, either turn the lights off manually, or once you shut the engine off, just open and close the door, and then they'll go off. Uh, what probably happened is, because those, those lights do draw quite a bit of power, if your battery's a bit old and getting a little weak, it probably drew it down just enough that it wouldn't have enough power to start the engine. Wow. Well, eventually I have to, the good news is, it is like a tank, because after I waited a little while, it did start, um, I had to try it, like, I did try it, like, three or four times. Growing up, I know my dad always said, you don't, if it's a starter, you don't want to keep doing that, but I pretty, once my daughter told me it was the lights, I figured it was the battery, not the starter. Right. And that's basically just, once you've shut down that power draw, after it sits for a few minutes, the battery will naturally gain a little bit of power back. And luckily for you, it was just enough that you were able to get enough power back in it that it could crank the engine over and start it. So does that mean that my battery might need to be changed? I would definitely have it checked and you might likely need a new battery in there. Yeah, it might be getting pretty old at this point. Yeah, over three okay. years, I imagine. Yep. Well, thank you so much. I really, I, it was changed once already, just so you know. But it, it, it once this happens to it, I think it was changed um, like a year ago. So it is relatively new. I, uh, I know. I'd still it, have it, it tested. Okay. And if it is not holding a charge, if you bought a year ago, a year ago, there's a chance the battery manufacturer has a partial warranty on it. Right. As a matter of fact, most most batteries usually have a minimum of one year warranty and then prorated. Some of them have two or even three years warranty and then they're prorated after that. So wherever you bought the battery from, I would go back there to have them test it and it might save you a good portion of the money getting it replaced. Okay, well, just so you know, it, I, it was under, it was through your, it's through the warranty on the car. So I'll, I'll just come back to you guys and then you can look it over for me. Great, okay. <laughs> Hey well, Liz, thank you, so kindly. Thank you really for thank you for calling, Liz. Um, I, I just want to let you know you sound like a educated consumer, and uh, checking on that warranty on the battery would be a great idea. Like the guy said, give us a call back. Let us know how that turned out for you. 
thank you so much. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. Thank you for listening Bye-bye. to Earl Stewart on Cars. Um, we are going to, uh, I believe that we already talked to John in West Palm Beach, and I no. I don't know. I got a, I got oh, a funny yeah. feeling yeah. that uh, uh, John in Palm City has either hung up or he is still holding. Uh, can somebody give me a clue? Has John <laughs> left the building? <laughs> in the meantime, Who's I Who's next? <laughs> Okay. All right. We're going to go to uh, Marty. Good morning, Marty. Good morning. How are you? We're well, thank you. Nice to hear from you. I have a question for me, for Josh or whatever. Uh, First question is, I ordered a Camry Hybrid in March. Now it's almost August. I haven't seen or heard about it. Is that going to take a lot more than six months, do you think? And then I got another question. Yeah, it's, um, just to answer the first part, it's really hard to it's hard to tell because the uh, it's you know it's so dependent on the production. And just to put things in perspective, you know how it works with Toyota. At least every month you get there's a couple allocations of vehicles, and to put that in perspective, in this latest allocation, there's over fourteen thousand vehicles. So it sounds a lot, like a lot, but there's only on this next allocation, only one of those is a Camry Hybrid. Um, and so the next one, there might be more. So it's kind of inconsistent. Um, if you could uh, text me to the show number, um, your full name, I'd be happy to uh, to check on the specific case there and uh, reach out to you personally with an update. Yeah, Marty. Uh, Marty, the reason yeah. this Earl, the re- the reason this is so so difficult for the customer and the dealer is the fact that in normal times uh, you order a car, and that car goes through and. Uh, to the manufacturer, the manufacturer builds the car and it takes some time and then it has to be transported to the dealer. That's the way it normally works. Right now, because the uh, wiring harnesses, microchip shortages, and the whole situation, uh, when you order a car today, the manufacturer might not decide to build that car for two months or three months after you order it. So your order doesn't precipitate uh, manufacturing as it did during normal times. And you heard Josh earlier, if you were listening to the show, uh, tell a gentleman who was contemplating, do I get a a gasoline engine or a hybrid engine and a a Camry? And Josh said, well, if you don't mind waiting a long time, uh, you can, you know, the the hybrid is is the car of the day. We think that's a great car, but uh, they won't build it for a long time. They're... The, the hybrid has a lot of microchips and other parts that are not available, uh, uh, even precious metals, that during this shortage, you just can't build the car. But if you order a non-hybrid, they'll build it. And then right. and you can get it in three months instead of eight months. So we don't know. Um, Toyota doesn't share with us, the dealer, uh, when they're going to build your car. Okay. Well, personally... I don't need it right away. I've only got uh, 30,000 miles on my 2020. Yeah. So it, uh, I'm, I'm not really in a rush. So I guess if they, if they make this a 23 instead of a 22 car, it's not going to affect me really. My other question is, I went over to a Toyota dealer that's a little near my house to say, do you have a hybrid? I never drove a hybrid mm-hmm. Camry. So I asked him, do you have a hybrid in stock, which, of course, they didn't. I said, is there any difference when you're driving the car other than it being a hybrid? Do you, do you notice anything different? Is the dash different? Or what's different in a hybrid than a regular Camry? 
Oh, is that a question for us? Yes. Oh, sure. Uh, oh, yeah. There's. I mean, there's. There's. There's lots of differences. I mean, there's. I mean, having a. A completely different drivetrain and transmission is going to make it a, a completely different driving experience. Um, the electric motor, you know, has lots of torque, so the, the hybrid has a lot more pickup. You know, um, there will be different um, aesthetics. You know, some finishes in the interior will be different, kind of more unique to the hybrid. There's some a little. There's a hybrid badge. One of the one of the things that it takes getting used to. I like it, but when you take your foot off the accelerator, you're, you 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 decelerate quickly then you don't coast yeah that's called regenerative braking it's a really yeah. great feature so that it gets it gets uh, uh nancy drives uh all you know gas engine avalon i drive the all electric uh tesla when i go back and forth i'll drive her car she'll drive my car uh, the first thing that i have to get used to is when i take my foot off the accelerator on her avalon it creeps forward when I take my foot off the accelerator. On my Prius, it breaks. So, you know, it, it's uh, it, you, it takes you about thirty seconds a minute of driving to get used to that. But a definite uh, difference in the two. Okay, so just get back to uh, to uh, Josh a minute. It's probably going to take longer than another couple months. Originally, they told me three to six months. So now I'm in like the four month period. So, whatever it is, I guess it is. Well, um, like I said, if, um, uh, Marty, if you could text to the show, I, I can give you a more specific answer. It really, because it, there's two factors at play: how many camera hybrid sort is making, and how many people are ahead of you in line. And I, I don't, I can't give you that answer right now, but uh, I promise you right, this: I we will. are getting the yeah, car as fast I'll, as possible. I'll text <laughs> you. And I ordered an XLE, fully loaded, you know, hybrid. So that's. It probably slows it down even more. Well, it'll be worth the wait, I promise you. And Marty, do you yeah. have the text number? Yeah, the text number, that the regular text Se number. Yeah, 772-497-6530. Perfect. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. We'll take Thank care you. of all that for you, and uh, give us a call again. It was nice hearing from you. Okay. Have Thank a great day. Uh, we're going to see what uh, what's going on with uh, John and uh, whether John's calling from Palm City, whether he's been waiting for a while. Good morning, John. This no. is John from West Palm Beach. Okay. John from Palm City, give us a call back. We'd love to hear from you. So many Johns. John is a regular caller. Uh, he calls us every Saturday morning. Okay, moving along, we're going to go to John in West Palm Beach. I believe it was... Oh, okay, okay. good. Yeah. And uh, we're going <laughs> to... Like, like Josh just said, there was too many Johns. Uh, good morning, John. How are you doing? Good morning. Good morning. Welcome. Anyway, John from Palm City has more to contribute than I do. <laughs> now he'll be calling back. <laughs> I, you know, I don't. I don't look up questions during the week to ask for the Saturday show. Yeah. Um, you got to do your research. <laughs> <laughs> he has superpowers. That is not fun. I'm a teacher. I don't. <laughs> Anyways, hey, I just want to let you know the um, uh, some Tesla owners such as myself, um, we have the European model Tesla that was uh, sent here to the States, and you can charge the battery up to 100% without degradation. Yeah, I remember you but mentioned that been, before. I forgot about that. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah. I, I don't know why they don't build them that way in the USA, but that would certainly be a um, well, good thing. Even... 
yeah, even though we, we were fortunate to test drive the, 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 the Tesla and we were able to actually purchase it the same day because they had 300 cars coming in uh, because they were transferred over from Europe. Mm-hmm. We had to wait a little bit longer for delivery. Not as long as you, uh, but a little bit longer for delivery because some sensors had to be changed. Mm-hmm. Um, the soft, and I think there was some software stuff that they had to do as well, but uh, the, the prep time or the prep, uh, the preparation took a little bit longer than normal uh, because the things had to be changed uh, for U.S. standards than the European standards. Sure, yeah. Yeah. But all they should do is contact Tesla or give the you know the service call, give them the VIN number, and they'll let you know which model you have. Okay, great. Thank you very much. And uh, and uh, also, I, I know this isn't the Tesla show, but I just wanted to give a shout out to uh, the service center because we developed a bubble in our steering wheel and that leather wrap, and they replaced they're replacing it for free, and they even had it in stock. Wow, that's great. And as a matter. As a matter of fact, we, uh, we, when we went in there, um, we were a couple hours behind you because you had gone in, I think, like two Saturdays ago. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I had a little... I just missed meeting you. I had, I had, a, bad, <laughs> I had a bad experience now with Tesla. is with uh, the, the, my employee who drove my car. The Tesla, to, to have re- he, he dropped my driving score to a 93, and I'm trying to get oh. up... I'm trying to get up to 100, so I'm, I'm at 99 now. Now, I can't trust anybody except Nancy to drive my car because uh, they're very, very uh, skittish about following too close and yeah, sudden braking and things like that. How many, how many drivers do you have, John? Uh, just two. So there is two drivers uh, that, that use your Tesla, yourself and someone yep. else. Okay. Um, are Correct. you trying to achieve autonomy? No. No, because uh, first of all, the the expense it, the expense just doesn't outweigh the, the means. But they they did go ahead and they did that six thousand dollar option, which is the uh, which I like, and that's the the recall. You know where you call your car back to you and that and the and the automatic parking. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to buy the full package now. You can get half the package for half the price. And yeah. that's the really cool feature there. The yeah, that's a good feature. Yeah. Well, right now, um, Earl and I are trying to decide who has 100 and who has 99. We're very competitive. See, there's my safety score. And I got 99. Earl's showing his safety <laughs> score. All I need so, is one more point, and Tesla, take me to Taco Bell. And <laughs> I'm adapting um, Is that the first place well. you're going to go on, on, on autonomous driving? <laughs> to the Tesla, considering I do drive the Avalon from time to time. Uh, but, John, it was great talking to you. Earl's going south of the border. Enjoy your <laughs> Tesla. We will. Thank you. Okay. A uh, quick bit of information from Donovan here. Uh, he says the... Uh, he says it may not be con- uh, technically a European model of the Tesla, but it has what's called the LFP battery, which is lithium iron phosphate. Uh, the car itself still made in America, not in, in Europe, but it's using, because it's an iron-based battery, uh, they're less energy dense, but more durable. And that's why that battery can be charged all the way up to full full charge. And it says the standard range Model 3 comes with the LFP-type battery. Hmm. Interesting. Good information. LFP is in Papa? Yes. Okay. 
I'll check it out. I mean, Donovan seems to be quite an expert on Tesla. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think he owns a couple of them at least. Yeah. And he's Smart guy. got some great information here each week for us. You know, we love hearing from Donovan. Uh, we hear from him practically every week. He has also some, some great information to share with us. Um, I am going to uh, tell the ladies I am standing here waiting patiently to hear from you. Well, I've heard from a few ladies, but I'm talking about the two new female callers this morning. I have $50 for you, $50 for the first two new female callers. And John from Palm City, my heart awaits you. (laughs) We're going to go to Julie in West Palm Beach. I think he's mad at you. Good morning, Mm -hmm. Julie. Good morning. Um, One of your prior callers had mentioned the starter, and I had a question um, I'd had a prior Camry that, that I'd had for many years, had over 170,000 miles when I um, got rid of it, and I never had a starter replaced. I've never had a starter replaced in any of my cars. Is it rare to have starter trouble? And how many miles does that starter give you for starting your car up? Or how many times can you start your car up? It's actually getting... We Back in the day, we used to replace a lot of starters. Uh, going back just like 10, 15 years... I remember doing one or two a week on different cars. Now, starter motors have become incredibly much more durable, and it's getting a lot more rare. They're, the engines have become easier to crank over, so the starter motors don't have to work as hard. The technology mm-hmm. has improved, and we don't see them going bad very often. Yeah, because like I said, my car, I had it for almost 10 years, 170,000 miles, and Various things went wrong on it, but that was not one of them. Yeah. Interesting. About how many starts do you get out of a starter? Does it vary? Oh, there's uh, no way to even count it anymore. Mm -hmm. Uh, I I couldn't even give you a guess. A half million, maybe more? Hmm. Wow. It's like like trying to figure out the licks in the Tootsie Pop. Yep. Right. Okay. Thank you. You're welcome, Julie. Give us a call again. 877-960-9960. And you can text us at 772-497-6530. Don't forget youranonymousfeedback.com. Now back to Josh. Yeah. Speaking of texting, I have a a text from Doug. He says he's a new caller in Jupiter. Um, He asks, if new prices are very high and used car prices are also very high, then if I were to trade in my used car for a new car, should should not the prices equal out? Close. Uh, you know, it depends on the trade and it depends on the new car, but it mitigates the the pain. Uh, I won't say it's a wash, but uh, yeah, if you can stay close to MSRP, it could be as close to a wash as possible. Yeah. Um, but if you're someone's paying a five, six, ten thousand over sticker, they'd have to go pretty high on that trade in to to offset that premium. Exactly. Yeah. It's a, and the used car prices actually are coming down a little bit faster than the new cars. So, uh, it's it's a, it's like the stock market. You know, you got daily, every day, it's a little little weirder. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you you, uh, you you're better off to trade, and you'll find that out if you car shop in our mystery shop today. The uh, person at the dealership we mystery shop was begging our mystery shopper to trade a car in because car dealers are very short of a good used cars or any used cars and uh, they know if the customer doesn't have a used car they're going to feel the huge pain because they're being overcharged for the new cars yeah exactly so it is you know it's uh it's pretty crazy out there uh i i can tell you this that there are more um 
car owners that are holding on to their old car than ever before. There are dealers who want your car. It's just uh, a potpourri of different things that are going on today. And I'll tell you what, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And you've got to be careful out there. It's a minefield. 877-960-9960. And you can text us at 772-497-6530. We're going to go to Julie, who's been holding. Good morning, Julie. I'm sorry. Good Hello. morning, Jenny from Palm Beach Gardens. Hello. I was going to say, there's a lot of Johns Hello. and Julie. How's everybody doing? <laughs> Good morning. Good morning, Jenny. Good morning. How are you? We're well, thank you. Oh, that's good. I just had a question. I had a, a missing a cap, um, not on the radiator, but on the little plastic bottle that um, is underneath the hood. Do you have to have that cap? I just wondered, or I can't find a cap anywhere, so I just wondered if you had to have that cap, not on the radiator, but the little plastic piece where the antifreezer water goes in. Uh, yes, I would definitely get that replaced. Um, that's actually for what's called the the coolant overflow or the coolant reservoir, and uh-huh. I would definitely want to get that replaced if I were you, because dirt and debris that can get in there can possibly oh. be drawn back into the radiator, and it uh-huh. could actually da- uh, clog up the radiator cap itself. Uh, the way the radiator system works is when it gets extremely hot, you know, of course, it's, you know, it's building temperature normally. And when they're full operating temperature, the pressure that builds up sometimes gets to be a little too high, so the radiator cap will release some of that coolant into the reservoir, and it's stored there, and then when the system cools back down, of course the pressure goes down and it creates a vacuum, and rather than sucking in air, it will draw that coolant back out of the reservoir, back into the radiator, so it keeps the radiator and cooling system always full up where it should be. But if that plastic oh, cap has gone missing from the reservoir, dirt and debris and contaminants can get into that coolant that's being stored there. So, yeah, you definitely would want to get that cap replaced. Uh, I'm guessing maybe on eBay you might be able to find something. Or if not, a uh, local parts Auto. store might be able to have one or a dealership. RockAuto.com. RockAuto.com. Very good chance there. How about some duct tape? Would that work? No. Okay. Never mind. Duct tape would work. Okay. It'd swim around in it. It would not work. It would not work. It, it would swim around in it. Oh. Did you say auto.com? Rock auto. Rock auto. Yes. It's okay, because I looked at all the auto parts stores stores already, and I couldn't find one. So. Rockauto.com. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. You're very welcome. Oh, you're welcome, Jenny. Give us a call again. again. I will. Thank you so much. 877-960-9960. And you can text us at 772-497-6530. Rick, do you have anything for us? As a matter of fact, I've got an interesting question here from Donovan. He says, why would a dealer offer a flat in the finance office if you buy, say, a tire and wheel protection package that increases the -the out-the-door price but tries to keep the monthly payment the same. And Tom Steckel came in with a comment also on it. Uh, He says, they manipulate the loan terms by either reducing the interest rate or extending the term of the loan. He says, always ask the F&I salesman to show you the buy rate he obtained. 
Well, that's true. I mean, if he will, or if he's being honest with you, the buy rate means the interest rate that they're paying the bank. So that's what it be. It's a broker deal. The car dealers don't finance your car. They get a contract signed and they sell the contract to a bank. And uh, it could be a captive bank owned by the manufacturer, or it could be uh, Wells Fargo or uh, Bank America. And they sell the contract. And the the differences between what their interest rate cost is and what uh, your interest rate cost is, typically they'll mark it up one, two, three percent, depending on the dealer and depending on your credit. Mm -hmm. hmm. All right, good good advice there. I have a uh, anonymous feedback. Um, this one's a poignant question because times are tough and lots of people have hard decisions to make. What do I do if I can't make my car payment? I saw that one. I'm glad you caught that one. Uh, we're going through a time now where a lot of people are in that in that uh, um, area where you are finding it difficult to make your payments. Uh, the first thing you should do is contact your lender, not the dealer, but the lender. If you you bought the car through the dealer, he placed it with the lender, as I said earlier. Uh, you call call uh, the lender up and be totally forthright and honest with them, and uh, uh, th oftentimes they will compromise with you. They don't want to repossess your car. They don't want to, well, maybe they do now. <laughs> In this market, yeah. I'm just thinking, maybe. Uh, I, I, in normal <laughs> times, they wouldn't want to repossess your car. But you talk to them and say, here's what I can do. Uh, can can you give me a hiatus on this payment? Uh, sometimes they'll, they'll let you skip a payment and then make up uh, in, you know, the next month. Uh, work a deal out. Try to work a deal out. Uh, the worst thing you can do is just don't make it because if, if they don't hear from you and they don't know your situation, uh, they're going to take uh, action immediately. That one thing they don't want to do is not be able to find their collateral. And some people that can't make payments, they'll hide from the lender, they'll hide their car, and that gets very expensive for the lender. And, and tempers flare, the lender gets mad, you get mad. Best thing to do is to have a as pleasant as possible under the circumstances, understanding with the lender. And he might surprise you. I hope he does, but that's the best way to be upfront and forthright. Yeah, I agree with that. And during the uh, the heart of the pandemic, I know a lot of banks were, were very kind with that, with uh, doing payment deferrals. You know, they'll tack it on to the end of the loan, but yeah. they, they'll give you some breathing room for a couple months sometimes. So. I agree, yeah. definitely. Good Have advice. a rapport with them. And tell them your yeah. true status. You, yeah. uh, if you're in between jobs, uh, if you are maybe getting a raise, if, uh, I mean, as bad as it is, tell them, as good as it is, tell them, and give them, you know, the, the picture. I mean, that, you ha that way, they'll treat you fairly. Otherwise, they'll get, you know, get kind of mean. I mean, they, uh, yeah. they have... Hiding from them yeah. would be, the, yeah, you, you know, definitely the wrong thing to do. And just being honest with them and working something out, um, let me tell you firsthand, um, it works. Sharing your story with them, they become very sympathetic. Yeah. All right. Um, this one came in a few days ago. Um, it says, since GM pays workers in Mexico between 7 and $35 per day, how important is it to check where the car is made if someone wants to buy a GM vehicle? I assume that if someone's underpaid compared to the U.S., um, they may not have the best attitude. Um, I'm not yeah. sure if that, I mean, cost of living is a factor there. You know, so. well, yeah, a long time ago that was a problem. And, uh, and uh, I remember back with Toyota many years ago, uh, the cars that came from Japan mm -hmm. were far better 
quality-wise than the cars that were built here. But that's been remedied. And, uh, and cars that are built by uh, General Motors in Mexico and the cars that are built in Detroit are the same quality. They have, they have quality standards, and one way or the other, you know, it might take them longer, it might be less expensive, more expensive, but they have a quality meter, and whatever car comes off whatever manufacturing line, whether it's China or, or Detroit or Kentucky, the car quality is surprisingly equal. Yeah, to this day, people still like do inquire, is this built yeah. in Japan or not? It's, um, but it's, it's good to know that that's a, it's not really a factor anymore. Um, okay, here's a here's another one for you. Uh, hey, Earl, <laughs> do you think that this new Chips Act that's in Congress will help out the car shortage? Uh, like everything else that's uh, in Congress in Washington and <coughs> politically inspired, uh, I don't know. Uh, one side says that by pouring a huge amount of money onto this problem, subsidizing the, the chip manufacturers. Uh, giving uh, Intel, for example, who really uh, made a big mistake by by uh, reducing their manufacturing capacity, uh, they love to have the money, and they probably <laughs> would start building chips more than they do here. The other side, uh, but but the, the the problem is, do you really want to take a company uh, that made a mistake and have the government bail them out and rescue them? Depends on your politics. Uh, I think that uh, I think we should have a certain amount of self-sufficiency in the United States on the one hand, but we are a world economy, and nobody was complaining about buying iPhones uh, from, that were made in China uh, because the quality was just the same, and they were a lot less expensive. Uh, so a global economy from a good company like Apple or, the, or some of the auto manufacturers, uh, uh, the global economy. The savings are passed along to you. The availability, um, the quality, uh, the cost. Uh, if you say to somebody, you must build this product here, sooner or later it's going to mean a higher price for you because it isn't like it was 50, 60 years ago. It truly is a world economy. I mean, Taiwan is a very important place now in manufacture of microelectronics. Yeah. And, and if, if uh, suddenly they should disappear, and depending on you know, what happens between them and China, they may or may not become. Uh, and if, if you took Taiwan offline for microchips... There's you, half the world's chips are gone right there. Uh, we'd, yeah, we'd <laughs> be in serious, serious trouble. So, I don't know. You can argue either side of it. Uh, I, I hate to say to anybody, I don't know the answer, but I don't know the answer. No, and, and, and I doubt that would have any impact, um, even if it does bootstrap domestic production. It'll be years before we feel that, like, on the road, yeah. you know what I mean, in, in, in car parts and that, such. That's what I read, that it would be years. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it's never too Who late knows to start. things that might change. Mm -hmm. Okay, uh, Rick, you got your uh, thinking cap on? Always. <laughs> Uh, this customer here, or customer, this this uh, texter has a 2012 Corolla. They say it has 94,000 miles, no engine lights or warnings, no known issues except when I slow down and then press the gas pedal to speed to speed up, it makes a sound, and is spelled C R R R R cur cur from around the driver's side. Also, the sound comes when I normally turn the steering wheel at low speeds and then press the gas pedal a bit suddenly and makes this brief grr sound. This was a G-R-R-R. -R -R. 
I can produce the my, my voice acting isn't very good, sorry. I can produce this problem most of the time. What seems to be the problem? I would check the uh, drive axle, the left side. Drive axle. Constant velocity joints. Uh, usually when those axles are starting to get a bit worn, they'll start making noises, especially in turning. Mm -hmm. uh, but also when you're slowing and accelerating, because what happens is when you're slowing down, the wheel is actually turning the axle and it's pulling it one direction. And then when you accelerate, the axle starts turning to pull the wheel forwards, which causes it to move that joint forwards and can make a change the, in noise. The, the gurring, yep. gurring yeah. noise. As far as the GRR, how long has it been since you've seen your dog? <laughs> mm, good question. <laughs> Let's hope it's a. Uh, let's hope it's that drive axle. It, yeah. All right. Great. Um, I got a, uh, another text here from Bob. Bob asks um, <laughs> if it's ten years warranty on a hybrid for full replacement. Does a um, does a battery scan show a battery health percentage number? Um, is there a number that is a minimum value that would warrant it to be replaced? I was thinking that that the same thing. If if you do, if you can kind of diagnose the health status of the battery and it's not at optimal status would you could you get a preemptive help nope. from toyota it has, so nope. basically it's pass fail yeah unfortunately even the best of our scan tools don't give us any information like that mm -hmm. uh unlike your apple iphone where you can go into on your battery screen and and show your battery health as a percentage we don't have that for the hybrid battery uh they really don't even have that for the 12 volt battery for us yeah mm. Well, there's a health check on the on the on the 12 volt though, right? Well, we can do a load test on it, mm -hmm. and it will tell us the cold cranking amps available. Uh, so as they're getting weaker, you know, we can give you an idea of, you know, whether your battery is in great shape or whether it's getting old and really time for replacement. Even though it hasn't quite failed yet, uh, but the hybrid battery, we really just don't have that available to us. All right, good information. Thank you very much. Okay, uh, ladies, let me remind you, you still have time. You have time to call two female callers, new female callers. You win yourself $50 this morning, $50, 877-960-9960. And uh, for you others, give us a text at 772-497-6530. And uh, did you notice Earl's latest column? Uh, you can go to Earl on Cars if you'd like to read it. And it's a proposed high-tech solution for reducing traffic deaths. Boy, I'll tell you what, it's a doozy. Uh, you can find it in the Hometown News and in the Florida Weekly. So, uh, And also, if you go to Earl on Cars, you can find all of his columns. They're all filled with information, yeah, and they're all yeah, interesting. I, this is kind of a far-out column I wrote on the high-tech solution. It comes from my experience with Tesla. And the fact that I, I'm not suggesting that everybody's motivated to have an autonomous car, but you know, different things motivate different people. And uh, I'm a high-tech guy. And I like the idea of autonomy, and I won't go into all the reasons why. But it really motivated me to try to drive more carefully. And uh, I am a better driver now. I mean, I, I, I'm a safer driver. Uh, and it's only because I wanted to be. Because I'll be honest with you, before I feel like, too many people like me feel like I'm a really great driver and I'm not going to get into an accident. But <laughs> intellectually, I know I'm crazy. 
but I, I just feel good about driving. So or everybody in the studio, they all know me here, and people that know me know that I'm a crazy driver. I mean, I drive too fast, and and I, I have. Now, I, I don't do that anymore. So, But the column is this. Maybe if we could come up with a, a strong motivation for all drivers, you can't threaten to find a guy 250 bucks or a gal 250 bucks. Uh, you can't threaten uh, because you don't follow through. Consequently, you go on the expressways and everybody's, everybody's speeding. And so you have an out-of-control situation. People follow too close. People do all these crazy things. The threats don't work. How about motivations? Well, there is some things in place, but most cars don't have the technology that Tesla have. But I know yeah. some uh, insurance companies yeah. have, like, you can plug in a, like some sort of device that monitors some. And, that, and that's in my blog. That's, yeah. that's exactly right. Okay. So, so I, I'm suggesting, to sum up the blog, I'm suggesting that the auto manufacturers team with the leasing companies, a team with the dealers, uh, a team with the government, uh, uh, make it make a uh, a tax deduction mm-hmm. uh, if you have a certain driving score. Free registration. Uh, free registration. Yeah. Uh, lower premium on your insurance. In other words, if you could come up with a combination of of, of free enterprise and government <coughs> insurance companies, manufacturers, and and I knew that if this year that if I drove very safely. I would be two thousand dollars to the how good. About, what if they publish the safest drivers in each county? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, how much would you? How much would you love to be in the top ten of that? Exactly. <laughs> it's a, so, just a suggestion. Nobody's nobody's going to read this, but it's a uh, shame because of all your crazy ideas. Yeah. I think this is the best. Yeah, I think, <laughs> it's, a, I think it's a great idea. I think you, we were in bed, and all of a sudden that light went off in yeah. your head, yeah. and you said, "What do you? What Eureka! Do you, what do you think about this?" And you already had your idea before Monday morning. So uh, anyway, kudos to you. A proposed high-tech solution for reducing traffic deaths. Ladies and gentlemen, go to uh, Earl on Cars, and you can find that column right there. Or as I said earlier, you can find it in the Hometown News and in the uh, uh, Florida Home, uh, Florida Weekly. Yeah, that's Absolutely. it, the Florida Weekly. Okay, um, again, 877-960-9960. We have time for some calls. Mm-hmm. We do have texts from Josh, and I think that uh, Rick will have some YouTubes. Well, as a matter of fact, uh, Tom Steckel just came in, kind of a, a one of the things I do too. He says, I watch YouTube videos from dash cam posters that – makes me more aware of potential issues that cause accidents and yeah uh car fails and idiots in cars <laughs> the videos on youtube there's thousands of them that people will send in clips from their dash cams showing accidents occurring that either they're involved in or that they've seen occur right in front of them and it's amazing the number of people they just they'll run red lights say it turns right in front of other cars and so many of them, mainly because they've got that cell phone right up in their face while they're driving the car. Yeah. Well, here, and it just, here's, oh, a, here's a terrifying. criteria that Tesla has. And they have algorithms, and they have measured these uh, effects on accidents. And these are the things that cause most accidents. A forward collision warning goes off. Hard braking. Aggressive turning. Unsafe following. That's my nemesis, by the way. <laughs> 
because it's hard when someone pulls in front of you. Oh yeah. To so, but yeah, uh, it would absolutely be amazing when you consider that I think like seventy-five million people, not seventy-five thousand people a year die on on the highway. Yeah. And uh, it's it's ten percent up over last year. There's got to be a way that we could motivate people to drive safer. You can't. Threats don't work, and no. uh, and cops don't work. Uh, can you imagine what would happen if every cop today ticketed every speeder on the turnpike in '95 and every throughway and expressway? You need in the 800 million police. The USA. <laughs> well, you, you, it wouldn't take that many police to bring the country to a stop. The whole, I mean, you yeah. pull a car over, what happens? Everybody sl- slows down. Oh, there's a cop. Mm-hmm. I'm going to slow down. Yep. If you yeah. pull, if every cop pulled over every speeder on every turnpike and throughway in the United States uh, or the world, the world would stop. You can't do it. We created a monster of speeders, and we just have to let it go. Yeah. Uh, back to your uh, Tesla app that you're reading from. As I asked you before, I'll ask you again. Does Tesla... We're both registered. We're right on the screen. We hit uh, the our my name or your name, whoever's driving. Mm-hmm. Does the app have the ability to know exactly who is driving? I want to know who has the 99 and who has the 100. Mm. I think uh, I think they must stay out of this. Because <laughs> I, I think, that's not a, that's not just for I competition. They, they know, but they don't care. That'll they, allow well. They, that'll allow the driver true. to know whether they followed too closely or you know what their weaknesses are. They're not going to say we're going to turn in on autonomous, but you have to promise not to let Earl drive the car. <laughs> can, it only works when uh, Nancy's <laughs> in the car. I, it does break it down, I think, by the trip. So if you had like if you kept a log of what what day and time you drove you watch it, yeah. Yeah. yeah you could probably do that okay we're going to keep a log <laughs> <laughs> that's good um you know any kind of feedback i think helps improve behavior i remember when i first exactly. had a prius um and you'd get the 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 mileage feedback and then me and my brothers were competing to who could who could get the best miles miles per gallon you know you're wearing your fitbit or your apple watch yeah. and you're, now you're going for ten thousand steps a day yeah. just just getting that feedback helps helps improve performance yeah it's such an incentive mm-hmm. yeah all right, good stuff. I um, can imagine that if I pulled up to the gas pump and it said, enter your driver number for your your driving record, you get a 5% discount or 10% yeah, discount because you ha- are a, a cautious driver. Yeah. Come on. That'd be great. <laughs> you, should, you, you, need to, uh, you need to get to Tallahassee, Dad. Get this, yeah. get this on the books. Yeah. Hey, um, everyone <laughs> that's listening, uh, what do you think of this uh, conversation that's going on in the studio this morning? Give us a call toll-free at 877-960-9960. And you can text us if you're shy at 772-497-6530. And uh, ladies, $50 for the first two new lady callers. Mm -hmm. Now back to Josh. Okay, I got a couple of feedbacks here I can read. Um, This person sends in a question. I have excellent credit. Can I get a sub $100 monthly car payment and zero money down? I drive only a few times a month. Uber isn't a good option for me. I have excellent credit. Um, basically, is there any way I could find someone to lease me or finance me a car for under $100 a month and zero down? It's uh, Unfortunately, that's a tough tough payment to get to without a significant down payment. Um, most banks want uh, would only, will only loan out a minimum amount of money um, and to 
And to have a hundred dollar car payment, it'd have to be something around a five or six thousand dollar loan. The average car payment today, this shook, this shook me up when I read it, or Nancy told me, I'm not sure, a thousand dollars. The average car payment is a thousand dollars. So, uh, for you to get a car payment for one hundred, no matter how good your credit is, is uh, www.aincomehappen.com. Yeah, I was going to say it's the same. They mentioned Uber not being a good option, but for a hundred bucks a month, you could probably get quite a few uh, Uber rides. So um, uh, Uber's up too. I. You know, everything, everything, everything's up. Yeah. Everything's up. Yeah, hundred bucks a month. I think you're going to be on palm dry. So good luck to you. <laughs> um, here's here's oh, another one on the. Uh, we're, oh, let's go back to Nancy. Well, we're we're going to get back to the phones. Uh, I see where Charles is calling from North Palm Beach. Good morning, Nancy, and uh, good morning to all of you. A quick question <laughs> for Rick. I live up in Connecticut for about five months of the year, and then I'm down in North Palm for seven months. And thinking about buying a hybrid, so my question right now is, it's really easy to store my car over the winter up in Connecticut. It's just gas stabilizer and a battery tender. Um, but for a hybrid, are there special considerations? Nope. Pretty much the same thing. The... Uh, the hybrid, the uh, long-term battery, it's not an issue? Uh, everything's okay? Generally not, because the newer cars now, the newer hybrids, are all running a lithium-type battery, and they actually handle it, the storage a, a, quite a bit better than the old nickel-metal hydride or the 12-volt batteries that, you know, that are normally used for starting them. Okay. And then uh, one other quick question. Um, right now, you're charging MSRP. I'm a Costco member, and I'm wondering, does it really matter if I come in off the street and say I'm a Costco buyer or MSRP? It's going to be the same price, isn't it? No, Costco requires that you pay no more than the lowest price that model was sold. Now, the, of course, the contingency, the whole uh, the problem is the dealers have to follow the auto uh, rules of the Costco Auto member buying program. But if they follow the rules, it's in their contract. If they violate the rules, Costco can terminate them as a Costco dealer. But uh, if you if you bought a car, uh, whatever model, you're buying a Cadillac or a Honda or whatever it is, on a Costco price, if they're honoring the contract, the dealer is selling you a car at a price lower than he sold that car to anyone else. Now, if he's selling that car for $3,000 over a sticker to everybody else, and he sells it to you for only $2,000 over a sticker, then he'd be honoring the contract. Yeah. So the prices are still sky high, even for Costco dealers. So that's the problem. I, To me, the ideal combination is is to go to a Costco dealer and get them to sign an agreement that you will get the Costco price when the car arrives. I think we all agree, most everybody agrees, that car prices have peaked. They're not going to go up any higher. They're going to come down. We just don't know how quickly. So if you ordered a car today from a dealer that was a Costco member and he agreed to sell, sell it to you at the Costco price when you took delivery, it could be a pretty good price. No, actually, my question has to do specifically with you, Earl. Um, if I come in off the street and I say I'm a Costco buyer mm -hmm. uh, versus your MSRP price, that's going to be the same, isn't it? No, it'll be a, it'll it'll be a discount, but yeah. it just won't be as 
good as the Costco discount was, yeah. you know, before the before the inventory yeah. shortage. Yeah, we're right now we're we're pricing our cars at what we think is a price lower than the other dealers. That's what all dealers try to do. Some people try to trick you. I mean, but in reality, all businesses they want to have a, a product that's priced competitively. So we believe MSRP is a really good price in today's crazy market. Now, six months from now or three months from now, it might be a thousand off MSRP or two thousand off MSRP. Whatever the price is, two months or three months from now, you will, as a Costco member, pay less than the price that we post on our website and on our cars. Good to know. Thank you very much. Well, thank you. You're for the welcome, call. Charles. Uh, we're going to go to Bennett, who's calling us from West Palm Beach. Good morning, Bennett. Hey, good morning, guys. I have a question for Earl. I recently read an article in the paper wrote by Earl, and it, it seems like it's another way that the, that the dealers are ripping off the consumers. And I want you to elaborate a little more on it. It's about getting uh, the, uh, the, the warranty uh, correctly on the vehicle when you purchase it or when it came in uh, to the uh, dealer. You know what I'm talking about? Can you yeah. elaborate on that? I know exactly. Uh, what happens now is the dealers in a frenzy to earn inventory because cars are in such short supply. The manufacturers ship the cars to the various dealers based on when they sell the car or when they tell the manufacturer they sold the car. So the, the manufacturers obviously don't want to send all their cars to a dealer that's not selling them very quickly. So to be fair, they try to send more cars to the dealers that sell them quicker. So what the dealers did right away is to try to uh, cheat the manufacturer and try to fool the manufacturer into giving them more cars. They, they report cars sold months before the car, weeks before the car actually arrives. They cannot report a car sold to the manufacturer until they have the VIN number. But they can know the VIN number and, they've, and the car can still take weeks or maybe even a month or two before you get it, depending on the car, where the plan is, and so on and so forth. So the manufacturers think you took delivery of the car three weeks or a month before you did. And that's when the warranty starts to tick. The warranty clock starts ticking when the manufacturer is told you bought the car. The dealers are lying to the manufacturers and telling the manufacturers that you bought the car several weeks before it actually came in. So I'm, I'm, uh, my advice to you is be sure that they correct that when you buy the car. Say, I'm buying the car today. I want my warranty to start today, and I want you to advise the manufacturer that you bought the car today. They could be reluctant to do that because they're penalized if they've already reported the car sold, and then they have to back it out. Then they will lose a car that they were anticipating earning in terms of production. So it's a, it's a very prevalent problem and it'll cost you, could cost you a lot of money if you had a transmission problem and you found out that the warranty ended a week ago, but you really actually had bought the car before that. Let me ask you. After that. So if you get into, uh, you purchase the car, you go into finance, where do you look to find that out? Or do you just ask that question if you're smart enough to? 
I can you know, probably address that. Yeah, Josh can answer that. I, I think you you won't it won't be apparent in the finance office because everything you sign will probably be dated that day. But what will happen is in the in in the manufacturer's computer system, their their date of first use or when they think that you had the car will actually be a month or two earlier if the if the, if the dealer reported it to you then. So I think a good weapon to have is to make sure you have your. Uh, you have your you keep that buyer's order that has the date and the mileage of the actual day you took delivery of that car and then you could probably check with the service department and have them verify your date of first use and make sure it matches up with the date that you actually took the car from the dealership and, and you know, just to really nail it down you could you could email or text the manufacturer mm-hmm. directly yeah. and say give your name your address your VIN number and then you could send them a photostat or attach a copy of a photostat of your vehicle buyer's order and say, this is the date I took delivery of my new Honda Civic, and this is the date I want my warranty to begin from. That way, if something should happen down the pike, you'll be in, on record in writing with a manufacturer, and they can't argue with you. Mm-hmm. Get ahead of it. Tell that with no problem. Okay. Great information. Let me ask you one more question. Sure. Do, okay. I buy a car, do I buy a Toyota from Earl Stewart or Costco? <laughs> well, you're buying it from Earl Stewart, but we're an approved Costco member. And uh, the Costco uh, auto membership problem, actually, they, they have a separate company. Costco has a separate company they go through, but it's legitimate. If you use that Costco member buying program and you follow the rules, you will get the lowest price that you can buy that car for anywhere. But the, it's the dealer, the selling of the car. Now, uh, not only do you, I'm not worried about trusting Costco. I trust Costco. They're the best company I can think of. But the dealer is the problem. If you have a problem, you need to let Costco know that this particular dealer violated the terms of the agreement. They will call that dealer and either cancel him or get him to uh, do the thing he should have done in the first place. Okay. Thank you very much for the call. It was great hearing from you, Bennett. I believe uh, we are going to go back to Josh yeah. for some uh, text, and we'll talk to yeah, uh, Rick. We have a couple couple minutes to, to burn before the mystery shopping report. Uh, here's a text that comes in. My friend recently took her 2016 Audi to Coral Springs Audi for a new battery. They charged 205 for the battery, but 433 for the installation. They said it took one and a half hours to install because they had to reconnect the computer to the battery, the transmission, and all the other systems. Why did it take so long, and does this sound legit? Wow. Something sounds a little off there. Uh, I I have seen some cars that take a little longer to change the battery because of the location of it. Like Dodge for a while was putting them down in a behind the fender, mm-hmm. um, but I can't imagine that amount. Especially the, on the, an moral, Audi. the moral to the story is get in writing an estimate of what it's going to cost. Uh, I, what state is she from? Did she say it's in Florida, Coral okay. Springs? Okay, in Florida, uh, the dealer is required to vary no more than ten percent from the written estimate. So always get a written estimate in Florida and in other states, check with your state law to see what your consumer rights are. And if they say 
uh, it's going to cost you 150 bucks, and they charge you charge you 700. They can't do it. They can only go 10 percent over the quoted amount. Get get the estimate in writing. Yeah, yeah, that, that just sounds uh, crazy. Somebody's playing a the game there. Yeah. All right, here's another one for you, Rick. I filled the gas tank as full as I could get. I could get it. Um, I've done this many times. Bad now, idea. <laughs> now the fuel tank is stuck on F full. Anyone else have this problem? How do I fix it? Is that is that from overfilling, like it, after the click? It very much can be. Um, the best thing to do: drive the car for a while uh, to use some of that fuel out. Uh, try find a place with some speed bumps. <laughs> no kidding. Because literally, the the ninety nine point nine percent of fuel tanks, the sending unit is actually just a float on a little metal arm, and when you fill it too full, if it got up there all the way, it may jam. Uh, so once you've driven to where that gas level has dropped a little ways, hit a few speed bumps, it may what jolt it, it and drop the, it Is loose. that the way you fix our cars at our dealership? No, because they rarely come in with that problem. He, oh, no, he goes to they, he they has they the do. railroad tracks. <laughs> if they did, you could really beat flat rate, couldn't you? Could be. Yeah. <laughs> but the faster, the, the better. One of the biggest reasons why it's a bad, bad, bad idea to keep filling up after that gas handle has clicked off is because of the charcoal canister now what this system does is it collects the fumes as the fuel in your tank will evaporate some will evaporate and you'll get some gas fumes there these fumes are collected in the charcoal canister and then uh, sucked up into the engine and burned while the engine's running if you overfill your tank liquid fuel can get into the charcoal canister it doesn't sound good. And that liquid fuel then can be sucked up into the engine, but because it's not coming in through the injectors, it can make your engine run horrible for a while, and it can also destroy that catalytic or the uh, uh, charcoal canister. And your EVAP system is government required that it be on your vehicle and operating properly. So if you damage it by running all that extra fuel in there, you have just cost yourself maybe a couple thousand dollars in repairs. Yikes. <clears throat> All right, you heard it here, folks. Don't overfill your tank. Boy, oh boy. Rick okay. is filled I, with information. I used to do that, by the way. Rick got me on the straight and narrow. Yeah. I don't do that anymore. <laughs> when it hits that first click <clears throat> that it shuts off, stop there. There you go. Um, we're going to the Mystery Shopping Report, and I want to let all of you know it's very important that we hear from you. We'd love for you to grade this Mystery Shopping Report from Bremen Honda of Palm Beach. You can uh, log in your <coughs> your uh, grade at 772-497-6530. So take advantage of that. Be part of the show. As I always say, you are a very important part of the show. Now, back to the recovering car dealer. Okay, here we go. We've been on used car kick for the last couple of weeks, Mr. Shopwise. Agent Lightning, world's greatest mystery shopper, paid a visit to CarMax and Off-Lease Only, two of the biggest used car operations in South Florida. This week, we're back with a new car shop of Bremen Honda in beautiful Green Acres, Florida. I never knew. <laughs> Most folks in our area are well aware. That's near Lake Worth, Florida, by the mm -hmm. way. Now Lake Worth Beach. Most folks in our area are well aware of the Bremen Auto Group. Bremen name is synonymous with luxury car sales in South Florida. They offer high-end brands like Bentley, Porsche, uh, Rolls-Royce. Norman Bremen owns 23 dealerships. I didn't know it was that many. Mm -hmm. In all, including Bremen Honda, 
of Palm Beach. It was April of 2020 when we last shopped the dealership. Back then, they received a D plus. That's pretty low, folks. That's when you know, we, you know, failing is the last resort. We let them squeak by, mm -hmm. and that was uh, two years ago, uh, D plus. Have they improved in the meantime? Well, it's the uh, understatement of the statements. It's the understatement of the century to say that a lot has changed in the last couple of years. The car business has gone bonkers, along with everything else. Uh, upside down business, this whole COVID thing, Ukraine thing, uh, you name it, uh, monkeypox. I mean, everything is going on. With astronomical markups now commonplace, we sent Agent Lightning to Bremen Honda Palm Beach to see how they're behaving in this treacherous seller's market. Never been more of a seller's market. Mm -hmm. Here's a report. I'm speaking as if I were Agent Lightning. I arrived at Bremen Honda in the mid-morning. I was greeted by Pedro, who asked, what brings you in today, Mommy? <laughs> what is that? I, I, I mean, can I, you believe that? I mean, you wonder why we have Nancy here as a female advocate? I mean, what would I say if I walked in and I'm buying something? They said, hi, Daddy. I'd say, what the hell are you talking about? I uh, can't believe he said that. Actually, what? in the Spanish community, uh -huh. uh, Mammy and Papi uh -huh. are generally signs of... Uh, 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 Respect and endearment, usually from a younger person to an older person. Well, he, he, are you kidding? Uh, but it's, it's more are, are it's a kidding? familiar we're term. Gonna, yeah. We're going to bring age yeah, into we'll this? Do a, we'll do another. Well, but but yeah. it's, it's also it's for the Spanish community. I understand the terms okay. of endearment. <laughs> stop it. But I want to tell you what. I told him that this we need This is where it stops. I'm going to do Mr. Jarvis. You two are crazy. We only have 16 Both minutes. You, <laughs> I told him that we needed another car. We had five drivers in the house now and only two cars, okay? He asked if I was looking for something new or I was open to pre-owned. I told him I was looking for a new car, maybe a hatchback. I followed him outside to check out their inventory. They didn't have many cars. Addressing the lack of inventory, he said he could order me anything I wanted. Very accommodating. I asked him how long it would take and he replied, you better be sitting down for this, <laughs> folks. Uh, just two or three weeks. Okay, think about that. <laughs> Ain't gonna happen.com. Just two or three weeks. Telling mommy what she wants to hear. I told him I was in a pinch and I needed something sooner. He then asked if I was trading in a car. I replied that I already told him we needed an additional car for the house. He kept pushing me to trade in my car. That's what I said earlier in the show too. Mm -hmm. Boy, the dealers are short of used cars. Saying they would give me top dollar. I told him no. Again, and we continued on. After walking around the nearly empty lot, they took me to the service area where two new cars were sitting. He pointed at a beautiful SUV and said, this one's available. I took a closer look. It was a 2022 Honda Passport Elite. The window sticker showed an MSRP of $50,808. Next to that, there was this addendum. Boy, Here we go. It's a doozy. Mm -hmm. A doozy of an addendum. Wheel locks. $399. Whoa. <laughs> Window tent, 379 Fabric protector, this, this is an even a bigger woe. Base, uh, fabric protector, $499. <laughs> Unbelievable. Scotch guard. Yeah, Scotch guard, <laughs> yeah. The can of Scotch guard for $3.99. $499 to spray the uh, fabric protector out. Basic maintenance plan, $399. How long would it take to spend $399? on a new car in maintenance. Pinstripes and storage guards, oh, 
$580 bashful, they aren't. Market adjustment, $2,000. Uh, so now we got the total price, 55064 And at the bottom of the sticker, it stated, this is really serious. I mean, I'm not going to laugh at this. Mm -hmm. This is a violation of federal law. The bottom of the sticker stated, destination and handling not included. Well, I got bad news for Brayman. Destination and handling is included, is included in all new vehicles, is included in the dealer invoice, is included in the MSRP Maronian label. So that is a violation of federal law. Mm -hmm. With basically no other vehicles to choose from, we decided this was the car for me. <laughs> he then suggested we take it for a ride. Back in the showroom, I waited more than 10 minutes uh, while he pulled the passport out for a test drive. We took it for a spin and returned to look at the numbers. Again, Pedro asked me if I was sure I didn't want to trade something in. Annoyed, I snapped back, sure, I'll sell you my car, and I'll just have one vehicle for five licensed drivers. I think she's irritated at Pedro. I think, uh, I think he got to her there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no thanks, he laughed, and nothing, nothing phased Pedro. Yeah. He laughed it off and said he was only joking. He left me uh, sitting at a table while we went to find the sales manager for pricing. <laughs> what, what have we been doing? All these pre now they get to the sales manager. The game, the game began. <clears throat> Pager returned uh, with a worksheet. Top line, top line showed fifty-two thousand eight hundred eight bucks. Below that, they added two thousand two hundred fifty-six for accessories. This adds up exactly to the fifty-five thousand six hundred four dollar total price I saw on the addendum sticker. But they weren't done there. Here we go. Below the accessories, they added. $399 for electronic filing fee. That's a hidden fee. That's a dealer profit. It's not a tag or registration thing. It's phony. $998 for dealer services. Phony, hidden fee. $995 for you guessed it, destination handling. Violation of federal law. Ooh. That's a doozy. Well, it's a doozy, yeah. With all the junk fees and accessories, they were 6000 $648 over MSRP. And we're talking Brayman Honda in Green Acres, Lake Worth Beach, South Florida. Brayman Honda. I told Pedro I was obviously not going to pay all those fees, and he asked what I would be willing to pay for the vehicle. My reply was MSRP. He said he didn't see that happening, but he was on my side, <laughs> and he would see what he could do. He returned about eight minutes later with a revised worksheet, they lowered the accessories to uh, $1,079, $1,079, about $1,200 less than the original sheet. All the other junk fees, including the de destination handling, were still there. I told him I needed to talk things over, but I highly doubt we'll be back with all the add-on fees and bogus markups. I especially don't like the double dipping on the destination charge. I walked outside, pretended to make a call, and left. Yeah. Well, folks, that's it. I, we have pictures of the Moroni, of the addendum label, of the worksheet. There it is on the addendum at the very bottom, destination and handling not included. They, it's it's a, the the husba to put a violation yeah. of federal law like on each car. Yeah, it's absolutely egregious. I mean, I for Brayman. I mean, that's a he's a he's an important guy. I mean, he's mm -hmm. a, he used to he's own a the Philadelphia. He used to own the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm looking at this, the addendum sticker. It shows MSRP 50808 
then has all the accessories added, and then comes down to 55064 Then when you come down to their buyer sheet, it says sales price is 52000 808. Where'd that extra two grand come well, that's from? That's the they added the the uh, the market adjustment of two thousand. The last oh, item okay. on that. All right. So they, all right. yeah. they included that, and then they added those accessories wow. again. They want to make sure you knew exactly what you're being overcharged oh, for. Yeah. <laughs> so the, so the, the bottom line is that no one can ever figure out uh, the rationale to any of this, and it's just a way of smoke and mirrors to confuse the buyer. And of course, yeah. the agent lightning is definitely not. Uh, confusable, she, you can't confuse her. Nothing, and, nothing gets by her. And uh, and so, uh, but people do, uh, people do get uh, confused, and uh, they assume it's in writing. And Pedro probably has an honest look about him. Most salespeople do. I mean, if you look like a crook, uh, you're not going to make a very good salespeople uh, person because uh, you're not going to get hired in the first place. And if you get hired, you won't sell any cars. So you have to look honest. Pedro looked honest. And, that's what happens. People, I promise you, Brayman's sell a lot of Hondas and make a lot of money. But like you said, uh, you don't think Norman Brayman really knows what's going on uh, in, in Green Acres. I guarantee you he doesn't. And uh, I mean, I don't know the man. I, I, I've i known him for a long time, but I've never known him real well. I think he's a good guy. I mean, I do this. I know this. He stood up to manufacturers. He's uh, He just seemed like a, a stand-up kind of a guy. No way he's is on top of everything that's going on in 23 dealerships. By the way, those wheel locks, I looked it up on Amazon just now, yeah. between $19 and $25 <laughs> all across the board for a set of wheel locks. Yeah, yeah. not to mention the edge guards or, yeah. you know, piece of rubber. Oh, just. Well, folks, it's voting time for mm-hmm. Bremen Honda, Lake Worth Beach, uh, Green Acres, South Florida. And uh, how, do you, how do you grade them? Let's, uh, let's hear the grades. Well. I mean, I can give you my, my grade personally. Oh, okay. I, you know, I, I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to give them another D, but I'm going to be a flat D. I'm going to downgrade their D plus to a regular D. Even though it's commonplace in this market, it's, it's, uh, it's egregious, but the, uh, the destination handling charge, that, that, that took them from a C to a D. Okay, here we go. Negan 1, FFF, get the heck out of there. <laughs> Kirk in West by God, Virginia. Brayman equals full of bull, solid F. Joseph Kelleher, F, run for the exits. Vincent G, F, Tommy Cash, F, bring back up the smiley face. Let's see here. Uh, get back to, okay, here we go. Guy Larrabee, hope the FTC clamps down on these types of practices. A big fat F. Mark Anderson, Mark from St. Louis, F ain't happening, daddy-o. <laughs> Tom Seckel, F for Mr. Haney and Green Acres, Honda pressure on trade-in and violating laws by double-charging destination. Wayne Vite, huge F. Tim Gilliland, the biggest F ever. Brian Sedlatko, I'll be kind and give them an F+. <laughs> Mark Ryan, F, Cram1624, F, when you're violated, leave. Oh, nice. I'm I'm gonna go with the crowd here, and I'm gonna say that's an F right around. A, I mean, just a, yeah. Well, I think uh, Norman Bremen is really out of touch, and uh, does everyone realize that it costs uh, more uh, than the uh, what the average American makes in a year to purchase a car? I mean, um, the average American isn't making this much a year. 
And uh, Rick, you talked about Amazon. Let's talk about Amazon. Let's talk about the pinstripes, the fabric protector. I mean, I checked that out this morning on the fabric protector. You can play anywhere from $10 to $69.95 on Amazon. Same with the pinstripes. I mean, if you're interested in enhancing your curves on your vehicle, (laughs) it's it's all just totally ridiculous. And it certainly isn't necessary really isn't necessary uh, this double dipping I, I i don't know what to say i don't know if there's a grade uh that i can give it um i i think i'm gonna leave no i'll grade <laughs> uh, i'll grade bremen bremen honda palm beach you get a f from me any more oh i got a bunch from the from the texting world uh bob f for Bre- uh, bremen what a joke we got another one here f right out of the gate the greeting and first impression was unprofessional and unacceptable a big F. If my car was on fire in front of Bremen, I wouldn't go in there to get a bucket of water in their service department or bigger crooks. Yikes. Anne-Marie, uh, she says, I've drove Hondas for 25 years. Then they lied to me when I went in for another Honda. I walked out and bought a Camry. <laughs> Jonathan Wellington, um, all the scammers deserve an F. This one is no exception. And Frank says, I'm in a generous mood. F. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, I think the consensus, I, I, I feel like uh, the world's biggest softie for being a D. So I'm going go to go down to a D minus just to maintain a little bit of a little bit of integrity and a little bit of credibility here. So Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to give them an effort. If we don't fail Bremen Honda, we'll never fail anybody. And uh, they are the worst. I mean, you got uh, Ed Morris Honda. You got Delray Honda in this area. Uh, don't go into Bremen Honda. We'll go back. We're going back to Bremen Honda. I think if we somehow get word to Bremen, he would clean up his act there. I, I just know, uh, he just doesn't know what's going on. Can he beat on. that out of touch? I mean, I know he has 23 oh, stores, yeah, but it, please, uh, he, uh, there has to be someone who's been put are, into place. Most car dealers are out of touch. Who can oversee all of yeah. this craziness. They don't, it don't. You can't personalize it. It's just the business. But he's, he's ultimately responsible. The buck stops with him, but he doesn't know what's going on. He, why would he? He doesn't need the money. He doesn't have to lie to people. Uh, to sell vehicles, so you know, if he finds out, he'll he'll clean it up for a while. Yeah, but, uh, I believe that. But there's no enforcement, so why is Ashley Moody, the Florida Ger- Attorney General, allowed this to happen? And uh, it's because it's like the speeders on I-95. When everybody's doing 100 miles an hour, what good is it going to do to give one ticket to a guy? It's not going to do any good. So, mm-hmm. so exactly. we'll, we'll take him off the recommended list, and I'm going to send a copy of this report. Uh, to Ashley Moody just for fun, just so I can talk about it when she ignores me. <laughs> I, I think know, it's a great idea. I know she won't respond, but I'm going to send it to her and say, this is the kind of stuff that you're allowing to go on in the state of Florida. I think she knows a little more than we give her credit for, and we give her an excuse all the time. Yeah. And Ashley Moody, if you're listening by now, um, if you haven't, you should. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning in to Earl Stewart on Cars. We enjoyed your company, and we hope you enjoyed the show. Stay tuned next week, same time, 8 a.m. We'll be right here. Have a wonderful weekend.